by far the best marketing strategy, in my opinion, in the 30 plus years I've been in the business, is to cultivate a consistent referral program. What that'll do for you is that will very cost effectively, effectively allow you to double your business. Welcome to Improv is No Joke podcast, where it's all about becoming a more effective communicator by embracing the principles of improvisation. I am your host, Peter Margaritas, the self-proclaimed chief edutainment officer of my business, The Accidental Accountant. My goal is to provide you with thought-provoking interviews with business leaders so you can become an effective improviser, which will lead to building stronger relationships with clients, customers, colleagues, and even your family. So let's start the show. Welcome back to Improv is No Joke, episode number two. Peter Margaritas here, and thank you very much for tuning in today. I greatly appreciate it. Now, this episode has the potential to completely change the way you market yourself and your business. My guest today is Mike Scorantino, who is the founder and CEO of Gratitude Marketing, a firm specializing in helping businesses grow through carefully nurturing meaningful long-term relationships. Before I get to Mike's interview, some quick housekeeping items. I hope you're enjoying this podcast, and I would greatly appreciate it if you'd write a review on iTunes. I thank you for your support. Also, if you haven't signed up for the Yes End Challenge, please go to my website, petermargaritas.com, and scroll down to the Yes End Challenge and click to register to begin this journey of transformation. And remember to share your experiences on Twitter using the hashtag Yes, and challenge, and on the Accidental Accountants Facebook page. I would like to share with you various articles and videos that I've come across as it relates to improvisation. This week's article is entitled, How Improv Made Its Way into Corporate America by Jacob Harper on Vice.com. Jacob writes, Improv has steadily gained in popularity, especially among millennials. And even if they move out of comedy and into white-collar work, they carry with them the cognitive and organizational techniques of improvisation. Wow. It's a really, really good article. Now, remember that the millennials are the largest generation in today's workforce and account for $1 trillion in U.S. spending. You know, we really need to tailor their professional education in a way that connects and motivates them within our organizations. I will post a link in the show notes to this article. Now let's get back to today's guest, Mike Scorntino, who is an impactful speaker and trainer. Mike is the number one best-selling author of Gratitude Marketing, How You Can Create Clients for Life. The book debuted as number one mover and shaker out of 2.4 million on Amazon. Gratitude Marketing was the number one bestseller in 10 Amazon categories, including marketing and sales, business leadership, business mentoring and coaching, and financial services industry. Mike has been featured or quoted in a number of publications, including the Wall Street Journal, Voices, Inc., Smart Business, RIA Central, CMS Newswire, 
and the Employee Benefit Advisor. Mike is a graduate of the University of New Orleans with a Bachelor of Science degree in Finance. With that said, here's the interview with Mike Scorantino. Hey, Mike, thank you for joining the show. I greatly appreciate you taking time, and I'm so looking forward to this conversation. I, you know what? I am too, Pete. Uh, I, I think we have a very similar stories, and, and we work with a lot of the same people, I think, in the industry. I, I, I think you're true uh, to that. Uh, my first question I always like to ask is, can you tell the audience a little bit more about yourself? Sure. You know, I, I've been in the in the financial services business uh, since the mid '80s, and, and and the best way I like to answer that is I like to go back to the initial conversation that I had with the editor uh, when we started to write the book, and she said, "Well, tell me, Mike." She says, "Is this a how-to book or is this an in- inspiration book?" And my answer to her was, "Yes." <laughs> and she said, well, no, it's either or. I said, no, it really isn't, because as you're going to see, this is a, a how-to, but it, it is full with a lot of the encouraging uh, methods that I've used throughout my career. Now, now Pete, what you got to understand is um, I really, as you do, understand the struggles that financial advisors face, uh, the, the struggles of acquiring clients, the struggles of retaining clients. Heck, when I started in the business, uh, back in the mid '80s, the Dow was at 776. To age myself <laughs> a little bit, not the 17,000 plus it is today. And the reality of it is, I know what it takes to dial the phone 300 times a day. Mm. And what I found very quickly is, I didn't want to do that for the rest of my life. So yeah. what it what it really caused me to do was to find memorable, meaningful ways to connect and acquire clients. You are the masterful client relationship builder. Uh, I, I, I've, I've read your book. I absolutely enjoy the heck out of it. It applies to financial services. It actually applies to all across all industries. Anybody can pick up this book and walk away with some really great nuggets. And we'll talk about some of those. But Mike, I guess my question is, did you just wake up one morning and go, man, it's a beautiful day here in Louisiana. I think I want to write a book. Uh, you know, you know, Pete, I, I had kind of I, I've heard a lot of the stories as to why people wrote a book. And, and my journey was a little bit different because what many people do is they write the book. And then once they write the book, they put together seminars and presentations and everything else. I kind of did it the opposite, if you will. I actually, uh, as I mentioned before, all the years I was in the business, I used these tools. So this is nothing that that I just decided to put in the book. These were ideas I got from the most successful in the industry around the country as I traveled from city to city. And, And I decided that, you know what? Before we leave this place, we, we have a song in us, and, and, it, and it's a song that has to be sung, and it was one that I felt you know very passionate about. So what I did is I actually went out and put together a seminar first. I went and visited advisors that I had worked with and said, hey, what do you think? What would you add? What would you take out? And then I tested it. I gave the presentation in a number of settings, and I got feedback. And, and with the working of, of the editor, uh, we were able to massage this and, and put it in, in a format that's very easy to use and very easy friendly. Um, the way I've designed this book, Pete, is, is very much like a restaurant. When you go into a restaurant, you got four choices. You got to tell them what the appetizer is. You got to tell them what salad you want, what entree and what dessert. I took the ideas and I put them in four areas, fun, personal, uh, me, uh, mindful and seasonal. 
And, and you can kind of go and, and pick and choose as you see fit to, with the ideas that fit your style, fit your business. But one thing I can tell you is that these ideas are proven and they work. And as you were, I asked the question as you were talking about that, it popped in my mind how we met. And actually, we had never met, but I, I when I got back from a Christmas uh, vacation, there was this package in my office. And I opened it up, and it's this book, Gratitude. I didn't. Oh, I went back to Amazon. I go, did I order this one night when, uh, no, I didn't do that. Where in the heck? And then I open it up and on the inside cover, it says, Peter, while gratitude is often unexpected, it's always welcome. Adam wanted you to have a complimentary copy to help you further build your business in the new year. Make today extraordinary and happy holidays, Mike. And I immediately got these weird goosebumps going, what? I, it, it just, it literally just blew me away. Now, I, I picked up and I read the first chapter, chapter and a half, and full transparency, I set it down and I said, I've got to read this. I got to read this. And I'm bad at this. Didn't pick it up. But when we met at Speaker University in Pittsburgh, after we introduced ourselves and we, we had that conversation, I devoured, I, I started from the beginning and I think I was done in two days. I mean, I just devoured this thing. And it is on my to-do list to read again because there's so many tips and nuggets in here that it's just, it, it, it's, it's wonderful. You know, Pete, uh, we, we, we share a similar story uh, because when, you, when I sent you the book, you did something that a lot of people don't do. And that is immediately you reciprocated and sent me a copy of your book. And I did the same thing that you did. I read the first couple of pages. I literally put it on the stairs up to my office and it sat there until I went to Pittsburgh. I came back from Pittsburgh. I read the book. I outlined it. I have four pages of, of legal pad outline. And what amazed me were the similarities between your message and mine. You know, the importance of, of listening. You know, a, a mentor told me a long time ago when I started in the business, he, he says, Mike, you've got two ears and one mouth for a reason. And when I saw that in your book, I said, oh, my goodness, let me keep reading. <laughs> uh, you know, we talked about stories, you know, and how stories are the gifts we give others. They're, they're kind of the way we explain things and the pieces of the puzzle that connect us, if you will, with other people. And, and the, the part that really resonated with me was throughout your book, you talk about the importance of relationship with the audience. And that's what gratitude marketing is all about. It really is all about recognizing and developing meaningful, memorable relationships with the people that you want to work with for the long term, not just for one transaction. So I'm about building long term relationships. And you do that by being concerned more with what the customer or the client wants than what your agenda might be. You, you, you get the, the direction, if you will, by being the guide who asks the right questions. And I know that's something that, that you teach and, and you promote, and that's certainly been a part of my business for years. Yeah, it's it, it's an important piece of my business. I, I, that's how I've grown my business. And, and as you write in your book, and, and I thoroughly believe, I'm not, we're both not in the transactional business, we're in the long-term relationship business. And in order to do that, We've got to have trust with our clients, with our customers. We have to have trust and respect with them. Uh, but to, to a, which takes me down this one path, but financial advisors, finance people, accounting people tend to 
be data driven and live by the data and won't take any non data into the calculation, into the process of coming up with an answer or delivering the product. And I think that data is part of the answer, but there's a lot more that goes into it than just the actual analytical side of it. There's the, uh, I always say, there's qualitative and quantitative information that you need to use in order to make the decision. And I think your book brings that out in so many ways. You know, Pete, when I was in the business, as we discussed in Pittsburgh, a lot of my clients were CPAs and accountants. And the way that I would establish the relationship is I go into the office and unlike other manager representatives that would walk in and just want to get into a sales pitch, I would sit down and say, hey, tell me about your practice. Tell me about your clients. Tell me about the type of clients you have. Tell me what you do, how you approach your business. Because one thing that I've found is that if you want the heart to prompt the mind to do what logic tells you, a warm, caring attitude is vital. So I got them to think not about just the numbers, but about the long-term impact that they had on the client. And, and I would share with them all types of little tricks. You know, a couple of my favorite words are, tell me. <laughs> Mr. Client, tell me about your goals. Tell me about your objectives. Tell me what you want for your kids down the road. Tell me what you want to do when you retire. Tell me, tell me, tell me. Once they reveal to me what they want, and, and recognize it's all about them, it's not about us. Once they tell us what they want, then I'm able to suggest strategies in which they can deepen those relationships. It, 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 I, I gotta tell you, you talk about gratifying, certainly this is a wonderful business financially, but I've gotten so much satisfaction out of walking into an office where there's a fellow who, who might be a CPA, and my son's a CPA, so I, I totally understand the, the, the way the business works. But to take someone who is used to a, a, a practice where he is totally, uh, totally obsessed and totally focused, if you will, on the numbers and showing him how he can have an impact and within an 18 to 24 month period actually make more on the fee side of the business on the investment side than on the accounting side, that's pretty gratifying. And, uh, you know, I've, I've got some long term friends as a result of, of these relationships that I've helped them form. So how do you convey to someone in the financial services community who might not see the value of gratitude marketing, of, of building relationships? Is there a way that you've been able to have them change their opinion or change their mind or see it in a different perspective? You know that there is, and and what I start with is I start about I start with asking them what they've traditionally done in terms of marketing, and what I've found is that traditional marketing speaks at people, and nobody likes that. Right. Gratitude marketing engages and connects with people. In other words, what we do is we meet people where they are, and and I convince them that expressing gratitude is not a one-time thing. It's a sound way of, of doing business. And it's a consistent way of running your business. And showing appreciation, what that can do for your business is three things. And I refer to it as the three R's. First of all, it can address client retention. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, it can increase client retention. Now, when I look at the statistics and the studies in the business today, they tell me that it takes seven times more money to acquire a new client than to retain a client. For my money, I'm going to try to retain clients and take care of them. Number two, client referrals. By far, the best marketing strategy, in my opinion, in the 30 plus years I've been in the business, is to cultivate a consistent referral program. What that'll do for you is that will very cost effectively effectively allow you to double your business. Think about it, Pete. If you get every client to just give you one referral of a person similar to themselves, you've doubled your business without a lot of money, a lot of outlay. And the third R is revenues, okay? I wanna help them increase revenues. How do I do that? Well, if I take care of the retention and I take care of the referrals, the third one's gonna take care of itself because ultimately people and clients work with people they like, they know, and they trust. And so everything that I try to help them with in gratitude marketing is to nurture that culture of trust. Huge component. And I know you're big on that as well. Oh, very, very much so. Can you give us some examples uh, of how you institute gratitude with your clients? Yeah, you know, it, 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 it's funny because, you know, you often hear it uh, said that it's not rocket science. And when I tell you it's rock, <laughs> not rocket science, it's not. Um, you mentioned uh, very, my, my biggest point with it, and that is while gratitude is often unexpected, it's always welcome. But my second point is that the appetite for a sincere thank you is unlimited. Let me give you an example. I had, a, uh, I had an advisor that I'd actually worked with for over 30 years. He came to my website and, and he inquired into the gratitude marketing community and he actually asked me to give him a call, which I did. And I called him and we spoke for about 10 minutes and he said, Mike, he says, I gotta tell you, he says, there was an idea in your book that was really a wake up call. And here, here's the guy who's been in the business 30 years, mm-hmm. one of the top guys at his firm. I said, I gotta tell you, I'm curious, which one what was it? He said, it was the thank you note. He says, Mike, when I started in the business, I used to write a thank, handwritten thank you note every day to clients, and I stopped. He says, since I p- completed your book and put it down for the last two weeks, I took your suggestion, and I've sent three thank you notes a day. I said, wait a second, let, let's do the math here. What you're telling me is that you've sent three notes a day times five, five days a week. So in week one, you sent 15 notes. Week two, you sent another 15. So you've sent a total of 30 notes. What's the ripple impact on your business? Now, Pete, if if we'd stop there, that would be a great story. But here's the rest of the story. Today, not a lot of people take the time to write personal notes. They use email. Here's, Here's the statistic. According to the U.S. Post Office, the typical American household waits two months for a personal letter. Have we just identified an opportunity for you to differentiate yourself? Right. Absolutely. You know, and that's that's what gratitude marketing is all about. It's how do you connect in ways that may be obvious to many, but they aren't executed. It's all about consistency of execution over time. Talk about in your book, you you make some uh, uh, a reference on how you get referrals. There's there's something that you do that help you get referrals. I believe that was in chapter eight or something like that. Yeah, you know, it's funny because what I've done is 
there's a number of ways, and I've broken it down into the books so that it's easy. And and I and I and I tell folks, I said, look, uh, there's three ways you can do it. You can do it passively, you can do it one at a time, or you can do it proactively. And and in the in the book, I, I give them some examples of that. Uh, for example, I have four placards, if you will, that I've seen as I've traveled through offices through the years. And these are the four that I have found that you, the, the advisors that are using them got great results. You know, one, for example, says the majority of our new clients uh, were referred by uh, to us by clients like you. We appreciate your thoughtfulness. Very simple, right? You know, yeah. very passive. Uh, our practice continues to grow by referrals from our clients. Uh, many thanks for your trust and confidence. Very simple. Uh, these can either be uh, in the reception area. They can be literally on the back of your door. And as the client opens the door to walk out after the appointment, they see this. But I'm a big believer in we don't get what we don't ask for. And, and the majority of clients are very willing to refer if you've provided the service that makes you referable. Okay. Okay. And I don't know about you, but it, you know, if I'm serving somebody and I'm providing them a, a way for them to reach their goals and objectives, I would be doing them a disservice by not asking for a referral because I don't want them to be, you know, going on that trip around the world by themselves. I want them to have four of their friends with them. And how can that happen? Well, if they're able to work with the advisor, right? right. So it's a win-win-win scenario. Right. The one that I really like, and I've actually employed a version of it, is when you say in the book that if someone gives you a referral, you make a donation to their charity. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know what? I am a big believer in that. Uh, I have found, and you know, it's interesting because uh, I'm, I'm going to go off on just a tangent here just for a second, because when I wrote the book, never in my life did I envision the doors that it would open up. I thought that this was going to be Tunnel Vision Financial Services book. I have had people from all industries. Just a couple of weeks ago, I spoke to one of the largest charities in the world uh, that, that called me to talk about gratitude. And the suggestion I made to them is, listen, guys, I've got an idea that if you will implement this, I think I can incrementally increase your donations. And it's this. Talk to your clients. Ask your clients what they're going to be giving to their clients as gifts for Christmas. Then ask them what their budget is. Once they give you the number, say, how would you like to make a donation to this charity on their behalf? And then what I find advisors then do is they send out a Christmas card with a little note in that says, Mr. Client, on your behalf, we've made a donation to whatever the charity may be. When the client gets that, wow, that, that, that's a huge wow. And, and that's what gratitude marketing tries to do. I try to create wow moments so that uh, clients feel more comfortable with the relationship uh, you know, and, and it all starts with that caring attitude. And that's how I utilize that referral idea. Yeah, I, I read that and, and I sat back and reflected and went and I just started this this year uh, when I was at the Washington Society CPAs uh, speaking there in April. I had to be talking to the, um, uh, the person who heads up their educational foundation. And right. I said, Kimberly, 
Here's what I'm going to do. For every class that I teach here at the Washington Society of CPAs, I'm going to donate 50 bucks to your foundation. And you would have thought I said 5000 Her jaw hit the floor. She was, are you kidding me? I said, I taught too. You got 100 right now. I'll send you the check when I get home. And I'm due to be back out there in June and teach two more. I said, it's a $200 donation. Why are you doing that? Um, I just want to help. I just want to, I, I, I want to help the profession and I want to help the profession in the state of Washington with your educational foundation because I, I used to sit on the Ohio CPA foundation and, you know, there's just more than just one. So now I haven't publicized, well, I guess I am now. <laughs> I haven't publicized this, but for wherever I go, I'm going to give at least a $50 donation to the charity of whoever's sponsoring me that day. And I, I just, I love the, I, I love the idea of, of, you know, it's, it's another way of giving back to the profession as well as building a stronger relationship with your clients. Uh, Pete, I, I got to tell you, you really got me going now uh, because, <laughs> you know, that, that's my mission and, and that's my passion, you know, is, is to help as many businesses build robust, stable, sustainable businesses by simply using these basic ideas. And you know what it boils down to? It boils down to, I look back through my career, and, and I was just on the phone this morning with a, with a, with a gentleman who I've kind of mentored uh, throughout his career. And we were talking about, uh, as a matter of fact, he, he, he was talking about wanting to use my book and giving out to advisors, which obviously I was very much in favor of. Uh, but, but, but we talked about the fact that, you know, you gotta do the things you don't wanna do when you don't want to do them so that the day comes when you can do the things you want to do when you want to do them. And the way that that happens is by doing the little things, paying attention to the little details. You know, just Monday, uh, I had a review from one of the most popular bloggers in, in our industry. And it, basically, he ended up the, the, the review was a four page review by saying, you know, what, what Scortino's book's all about is consistent execution. And what I want to be is I want to be the guy who works with the advisor, with the business, and helps hold them accountable. Because if they will follow these proven formulas, they will get the success that they desire. It's that simple. Uh, you know, like you said, it's not rocket science, but I think it's, it's, it's creating a habit. Yes. And, and, you know, I, I talk about this in my book and I talk about it a lot, you know, they say it takes 21 days to start a habit, but it takes a lifetime to maintain it. And that's the part that we don't put at the end of it. It takes a lifetime to maintain it. And visual stimuli, just constantly doing it. Uh, I've got a post-it note that's just going up on my, my computer screen, uh, three thank you notes a day. So I, so, I, so I can create that habit. I mean, I, I, I create the yes and habit by my cufflinks that I wear. Uh, one says yes and one says and. But it, it's, you know, I, I equate it to we've all been on a diet before. Sure. And we've all quit. We've all started New Year's resolutions. Right. And we've quit. Uh, right. Why haven't? Because we haven't kept that stimuli in, in place and, and followed through you know, to your point. Oh, man, I really don't want to write these three thank you notes today. I'd rather do something else. No, write it, get into the habit of it. It will pay off big in the long run. 
You know, you know, Pete, I, I think about success stories, and one of the most revered management consultants is a fellow by the name of Peter Drucker, and he attributed his success to the fact that he wrote 12 thank you notes a day. Okay, now, now here's the thing. You know, it's three a day, I'll give you four weeks of vacation, that's 720 notes a year. That's 720 opportunities to show up and differentiate yourself from the competition. And you know what, I've had, I've trained sales folks in the past and I've had them say, well, who do I write them to? I said, you mean to tell me that you can't sit down each day and find three people that you're thankful for something? You know, it, it, it's, it's going the extra mile. And, and that's what creates robust, sustainable businesses. This is not a, this is not a one-shot strategy. This is a long term. Heck, it took me it it took me thirty years to refine this strategy, <laughs> you know. But now now I have it refined. Uh, you know, I'm on a mission to tell as many people about it as I can in as many industries because I know that if they utilize these strategies, they will make a difference in people's lives, and that's what you I are all about. Right. I I want to throw something at you. Um, because I, I, I do a lot of presentations on networking. And some years ago, I was speaking to a group in Cleveland. There's probably about 100 and some odd people in the room. And I made the point of sending thank you notes, sitting down, handwriting the thank you note. And this one woman stood up and said, I would throw it in the trash can. <laughs> and I started laughing. And, and we all started laughing. I said, okay, why would you throw it in a trash can? And, and let's just say she's of a, uh, probably about 20 years younger than I am. Right. And so she's, never mind. Uh, and she goes, because it's cluttering up my desk. Now, if you sent me that in an email, I could properly put it somewhere where I could read it later. But I like my desk nice and clean. So I, you just cluttered it up. I would throw it in the trash can. I've asked that question to a number of different audiences of different age groups, and I'm finding that the younger generation, the millennials or, or the young um, uh, uh, X's, they're more inclined to accept an email versus handwriting. Well, you know what? You make a great point. And, 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 but let's think about where we're fishing here. Let's think about, <laughs> let's think about the CPAs. Let's, let's think about the financial advisors out there. The baby boomers are the ones that have the money. The baby boomers are the ones that are going to be the beneficiaries of this huge transfer of wealth over the next 15 to 20 years. How do the baby boomers like to be addressed? You know, it, it goes back to we got to meet our clients age-wise where they are. Okay, I'm a guy where, Pete, if you call me and say, Mike, I've got a 30-page report. Would you like me to send you a hard copy or would you like me to email? I, you know what I'm going to tell you. Right. Pete, send me a hard copy. You know why? Because I'm going to take this yellow pen and I'm going <laughs> to mark it all up. Okay, the reality of it is it's a differentiator. You've got to know who your clientele is, but I think I would rather have a client tell me, you know, don't bother sending me those anymore. At least I know I've differentiated myself. Exactly. Exactly. And that was a little bit to my point, too, or after the uh, on a sidebar after the uh, uh, the session was over. I, and uh, I asked, her, I said, doesn't this make a difference? Don't you, you know, my, my name is now in front of you and, and you could if you didn't want me to do that, you can always tell me, hey, I'd appreciate it if you just send me an email. She goes, ah, yeah, you're right. You're right. But I, I wanted to have a little fun at your expense. I said, well, thank you. 
Well, and you know what, Pete? There's there's so many ideas out there. This is why I've divided the book the way it it is. And and you know it's funny because here I my biggest challenge was how do I narrow it down? I mean I, I mean I, I literally have boxes of, of ideas. But you know what's been amazing to me is that ever since the book has been written, as I've traveled around. I have gathered so many new ideas, and I've got one that I've got to share with you. It's not in the book, but it was the most amazing asset retention idea that I've ever seen. Okay. 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 And it, it made me pause and realize, wow, this company really gets the lifetime value of a client. Okay. And once again, it goes back to that long-term relationship. It's not about the revenues that your account's going to provide me this year. It's about the fact that on average, my clients stay with me, let's let's say 9.8 years. It's this year's revenue times 9.8, which is a big number. Okay. Right. So let me set the stage. I had been traveling all day, connection through Chicago, uh, and and a taxi ride to the hotel in January in Minneapolis. Now, for a guy from Louisiana to go to Minneapolis in January, it was a big meeting, so I couldn't miss it. Imagine my surprise when I walk in to the Marriott, and I get a smiling face behind the reception's desk, and she hands me this chocolate bar. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, Oh, that's probably nice. But let me tell you, Pete, it wasn't an ordinary chocolate bar. This is what it said. Mr. Scortino, we appreciate your business. Thank you. So let me say this. If the millennials don't like the thank you card, try a chocolate bar. Or or, or talk to me and I've got a thousand other ideas we can work with. The reality of it is got to do things that are different, and it's not the cost of the idea, it's the thought that matters. And what it really made me realize is, is when you personalize an experience, that's when people get that deep connection. And what a lot of businesses miss is, is they're like rats on a treadmill. Let me spend money on marketing sales, marketing sales. If they would spend more time taking care of the clients they have, my goodness, life would be so much grander. Well said. Well said, my friend. Uh, Mike, I, we could talk for an hour or so. But, 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 but what I think I want to do is begin to wrap things up because I want to do a follow-up podcast with you because I have a feeling between now and then either there's going to be a new book out or this one's going to get a little bit thicker or, or you're going to have more stories that I, I don't want it all to go away. Um, sure. But uh, what I'd like to do is, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm doing this thing called, at, as I get towards the end of, of the podcast, you know, I want my audience to get to know you a little bit better. Right. And they, they know you by, by the book, but I, I do this thing called uh, 10 Quick Questions. Okay? okay. All right. And this is all off the cuff. So I, I, I know that you live in um, uh, uh, Louisiana. H- how far out from New Orleans? I live 40 miles north of New Orleans, uh, across what at one time was the longest bridge over water in the world. Now we're number two. 23 miles straight across the causeway. Okay. So this should be very easy for you. First thing, (laughs) Mardi Gras or the Jazz Festival? Well, being that my son and I now ride in two Mardi Gras parades each year, which, you know, now you got me on a real tangent here, Pete, because a lot of people say that Mardi Gras is the greatest free show on earth. I would suggest that it's one of the greatest displays and expressions of gratitude on earth. 
Because what you got to understand is Mardi Gras is totally funded by the members of the crew. The city, the government don't pay for it. We pay for it. And my son and I ride every year with one goal in mind, and that's to put as many smiles on kids' faces as we can. And we can, that's, that's yet a whole nother podcast on how we do that. But understand down here, we throw beads, stuffed animals, everything off the, off the uh, floats. It's an amazing time. An amazing time. <laughs> wow. I'm blown away. I, 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 and we did not talk about any of these questions no, beforehand. This is just knowing the area. And New Orleans is one of my all-time favorite places. I think I've been there at least 14 times in my lifetime with another 14 or more to go. Uh, second question. Drew Brees or Anthony Davis? Oh, uh, yeah, Drew Brees. I mean, you talk about a, a gentleman that conducts himself with class over the over. You know, I grew up with with the Saints uh, and, and I grew up in a time frame where they were so bad <laughs> that people used to put bags over their heads, if you remember. Right. Yeah. Uh, but the reality of it is uh, there have been two quarterbacks in the history of the Saints that are just class acts. Archie Manning who was amazing, but Drew Brees has conducted himself with class, has put the team on his shoulders, and Drew Brees is more of a person, uh, more of a gentleman off the field than he is on the field. I can't, I can't say enough about the guy. And I, I've never met him. Maybe I need I, to send him a book. I don't know. I think you should send him a book. <laughs> uh, actually, I you know what? I, I really think you should send him a book. Now, the reason I threw Anthony Davis in there, he's a graduate from the University of Kentucky. Yeah, and, and, and I, I probably should have prefaced that by telling you that uh, I'm not an NBA fan. So I know <laughs> who he is, and, and he's done, a, from what I can see, he's done a nice job, but I'm more of a football fan. So in all fairness, Anthony. So what's your favorite Cajun meal? Oh man, you got me going there. I we now you want to talk about a long podcast? We could go <laughs> on and on and on. Uh, it, it's tough for me to uh, it, it's tough for me to name a favorite because our food down here is so unbelievable. The most difficult challenge my wife and I have when we travel is, is finding places that cater with the care. Of the of the people in the restaurants as they do down here, it, it's absolutely amazing. So well, let me let me say this, Pete. I'll make this deal with you. When you come down, we won't have to choose. We'll go out and we'll go out to a couple of different restaurants. We'll try a couple of different meals, and, and once we try the charbroiled oysters or the trout manier. I'm going to let you answer that question. <laughs> well, I, I, I've been, I have my favorite. I had this, and we'll, I'll get to it in a moment, but there's one place every time I'm in New Orleans, I have to go there first. And I'll, I'll tell you that here in a minute. What, okay. What's your favorite city to visit? Uh, favorite city to visit. Uh, you know, that's great. Uh, I am a, uh, we love Italy. Absolutely love Italy. And, uh, you know, my, my wife and I have been very fortunate in, in that we have uh, we, we've been there several times. Um, uh, we love Rome. We love uh, we love Venice. We know we love going down to Sorrento. Uh, but if I had to pick a domestic city, the closest that I've found to New Orleans in terms of the food, the climate and the people is Charleston, South Carolina. Bingo! <laughs> Charleston, <laughs> South Carolina, which just happens to be the home of our infamous publisher. But uh, it, it absolutely has nothing to do with that. The people there are fantastic. Right. The food is fantastic. I agree. I, I, I'd never been to Charleston until uh, putting this book together for the Vantage Media, and I immediately, immediately fell in love with the city and the food. Uh, next question. Dixie beer or a beta beer? 
uh, you know, I got to tell you, uh, there are some diehard Dixie beer fans here. Uh, but Abita is not far from me. They actually brew it uh, probably about 15 miles north of here. So, um, you know what? I will answer that by saying cold. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here's one for you. Court of Two Sisters or the Gumbo Shop? Uh, you know, being that I, I've probably been a Court of Two Sisters more than to the Gumbo Shop, I would say Court of Two Sisters. Okay. Uh, the Gumbo Shop is the place I go to first and foremost. I go in, I get a bowl of gumbo, the combination uh-huh. plate, and a Dixie beer. Okay. And I've been been doing that for years. And I actually have the cookbook from the gumbo shop. Actually, my friend, I make a pretty mean gumbo. I make a a pretty mean gumbo. I do. Uh, Okay. All right. Um, Hey, I love it. Oh, that doesn't get much better than that. It really doesn't. Matter of fact, just had some last night, dude. I'm going to have to make some. Uh, Next question Neville Brothers or Harry Connick Jr.? Oh, wow. Uh, you know, Harry Connick Jr. has done a, a spectacular job. Uh, once again, what a great ambassador uh, for the city. Um, he, he's done a lot. You know, I, I know after Katrina uh, came back, did a lot there. Uh, he actually started a, a Mardi Gras crew, uh, the Orpheus crew, which parades the Monday before uh, before Mardi Gras. Uh, but he's given back a lot to the city. But but certainly you're giving me tough questions because the Neville brothers uh, have done a wonderful job as well. Yeah. It's just such a fine line difference here, Pete. I, I, I got to tell you, you, you couldn't have picked any, any, anything closer <laughs> than those two. <laughs> All right, we'll move to favorite movie. Favorite movie. Oh, my goodness. Jeez, uh, that, that, that's really tough. Um, uh, I am a big Rocky fan. I got to tell you that. Um, okay. But there, there are so many. Um, boy, you, you're catching me on the spot here. As soon as I get off this this uh, this call with you, I know I'm going to say, "Boy, why not say this one?" But uh, suffice to say, I, I really like that. Okay. I like the tenacity. I like the perseverance. I like the consistency, which is what it takes. I right, here's one: Jimmy Fallon or Johnny Carson? Oh, Johnny Carson. <laughs> I kind of like. Yeah, Johnny Carson. You, you know, here's the thing. Uh, what what Johnny Carson? What what boy? You know what? I'm glad you brought him up because what a great one of the greatest gratitude markers in the world, Johnny Carson. Why? Because he engaged and connected in a way that you wanted to spend time with him like an old friend each night. Okay, and how many people stayed up? To midnight each night, and then the next morning said, "Why did I stay up and watch Carson last night? I know I got to go to work today, right? Right? Because of the way he connected with people. And I got to be honest with you, at this point in my life, I'm not staying up that late watching Fallon. I, I get up very early, uh, so I probably stayed up and watched Carson a lot more than I do Fallon today. Yeah, but back, to, but I, 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 I'm a big Carson fan, and I'm also a big Fallon fan. But I, I don't, I don't stay up and watch uh, Fallon. Uh, this thing called Hulu, I get on the elliptical in the morning and I'm watching last night or a couple of nights episodes of Fallon. Um, all right, last question. What's the, okay. one, what's the one thing on your bucket list that you would like to accomplish first? Um, you know, it, it's something that it's, it's, it's something I'm not going to be able to accomplish um, in the next week, the next month or the next year. And that is to, to take um, everything I've learned and, and just to help 
as many people. I mean, I, you know, this, the whole process of writing this book, Pete, for me, it has been transformative uh, in that, you know, I thought initially that I was just going to share an idea uh, or two with people, a story that, that can, can help them in their lives. But you know what I've found is that it is so broadened my perspective, because as you mentioned earlier, I've realized just how much gratitude transcends all industries that deal with people. And and so, you know what? I can't answer that fully because I don't know what God has in store for me tomorrow, to be quite honest with you. All I know is he's laying a path and he's getting it ready. And I'm ready to help him do whatever we need to do. I will say that's probably the best answer I've ever had on that question. <laughs> so, Mike, tell our audience one how they can contact you, your website, what you've got on your website, and how they can get your book. Sure. Uh, they can they can contact me. Uh, phone number 985-705-1824. Uh, they can go to my website, which is gratitudemarketingbook.com. Uh, order the book. Uh, once they order the book and have a chance to read that book, boy, would I appreciate an Amazon review. Uh, I would appreciate sharing that book with the organization. And hey, I am open for speaking and we'll get on a plane and go anywhere that folks are open to the message. Uh, you know, the, the reality of it is, is that um, we've got so much to give back to people. And I, as I said, that's a huge mission of mine. So I'm a big believer in sharing is caring. Give me the opportunity to share. Mike, I can't thank you enough for taking time. This has been a, a wonderful conversation. It's made me think in a couple of different directions, and I'm sure it is making those in the audience think about things just a little bit differently today for a better tomorrow. So thank you again, my friend. What a fun and insightful interview with Mike. I hope you picked up on a number of marketing nuggets that Mike shared with us. The one thing that I've started doing differently after reading Mike's book is sending out three handwritten thank you cards to my clients, colleagues, and anyone who I meet in my business journey. I will admit, something that sounds so simple can be hard in applying. I was very dedicated in this thank you note writing process the first couple of weeks, but then I had to travel for a week out of town. Throw the monkey wrench in because I did not take any of my thank you cards with me on my trip. Then I got back to my office and it took me a few days before I started again because I was playing catch up in the office. So in order to get back on track, I now take enough cards with me to meet the three cards a day while I'm traveling plus six additional cards to cover for the catch-up days when I get back into my office. Now let's think about how Mike's interview ties into improvisation. The main theme I kept hearing was that our clients need to trust us, and this trust is gained through mutual respect for one another. We build relationships with those we trust and respect, and the more these two things can grow, so will our businesses. If you've liked this episode, please go to iTunes and write a review. I'm always trying to learn, grow, and become better at everything that I do, and your feedback is important to me. And remember to sign up for the SN Challenge on my website, petermargaritas.com. 
Thank you again for taking time to listen to this podcast. I really value every audience member. In episode three, I interviewed Tom Hood, CEO of the Maryland Institute of CPAs and the Business Learning Institute. Bye now. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.